I remember some years ago, I traveled to Indonesia with a good friend of mine for a holiday. He took me to this particular place that sold these fantastic watches. Brother Steve and Pastor knows what we're, what I'm talking about. These watches looked great. They looked like the real deal. And I just wanted one for myself. So me being me, I brought a beautiful Rolex. I soon found out why they were so cheap. The components that they used to make these watches were not genuine. But they were cheap and nasty because they were fake and not the real deal. According to the Thorndike Barnhart World Book Dictionary, the word, word fake means this. It's not the genuine item. It's an imitation or counterfeit of some sort. It's a forgery or a sham, a lookalike. It's not the real thing. It's intended to deceive. Anything made, seem, made to seem other than what it actually is. But what is the parallel to this narrative in in regards to being a Christian in the 21st century? Well, first of all, God knows your heart. He knows if you're genuine or not. God does not want look-alike Christians, but he's looking for the real deal. The genuine item, a child of God that is sold out on being a real Christian in these last days for him. Those that are willing to do it his way, and not the world's way. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't purchase, neither did he redeem any non-genuine items. But he paid the full price for the genuine item by the shedding of his blood. Neither is the world looking for something that is fake, especially when it comes to Christianity. But they are looking for the real thing. Too many people have been deceived by man-made religions, told that God does not love them, told that God cannot help them, told that God cannot forgive them, told that God is not real, but is some fairy tale story, told that the Holy Ghost is not for them. That's a lie. There are too many Christians that look good on the outside, but on the inside, their life doesn't line up with what they confess. They can talk to talk, that's for sure. But they don't walk the walk. So with that thought in mind, I want to preach from this thought. It's not the gospel. It's not the whole gospel, sorry. If it's not the whole gospel, it's not the gospel throughout the scripture we read of many that walk with jesus christ many that witness the miraculous power of god with their own eyes yet somewhere along the way they were willing to believe a lie. it was like my foot is stuck to the platform up here for some reason i don't know why hallelujah in Paul's epistle to the church at Galatia, he was astonished that so many of the saints that were there were willing to withdraw themselves from the truth that Paul had previously preached unto them concerning the faith in Jesus Christ. The church at Galatia had yielded to the influence of false teachers and had embraced 
doctrines that tended to subvert the gospel of Christ. They were willing... Oh, my nose, something's going on. Praise God. They were willing to withdraw themselves from the truth that he had previously preached on them to them concerning the gospel of Christ. The church at, church at Galatia had yielded to the influence of false teachers and had embraced doctrines that tended to subvert the gospel of Christ. They were willing to believe a lie from those that had come to pervert the gospel of Christ. Paul said it loud and clear to the church at Galatia, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And just to reinforce the urgency or the importance of his message, Paul basically repeated himself by saying, Hallelujah, hallelujah. If any man, it didn't matter who it was, if it was the queen or the king, if they come to you, if they preach any other gospel unto you than that which we, than ye have received, let him be accursed. It's better to be founded in truth than lose your soul. Paul wanted the, the Galatian church to fully understand that there was only one gospel and that there was no other. The devil knows that this is the genuine gospel. He will do everything and anything that is in his power to distort it, to discredit it, to delude it. And he will use whatever means he has to, to deceive you and also to deceive me. We see the same warning by Paul to the church at Corinth. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. Paul speaking. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, you might as well bear with him. Paul had an intense jealousy for the truth of God's word. He was deeply concerned about the saints that were in the Corinthian church as he knew the subtle nature of Satan's deceptions and, ha and how he had deceived Eve through his subtlety. These false teachers that came to Corinth came to deceive came to beguile the people into believing that there was another gospel other than what Paul had previously preached unto them. They didn't just attack Paul's apostleship by saying that he was weak, but they also stirred up contentions among the brethren. The people didn't know what to believe. This is exactly what false teachers came to do. And this is exactly what the God of this world is doing right now. He blinds the eyes and the hearts of those that believe not. Apostles are usually sent to do God's work. But these false apostles came to destroy the work that Paul had started in these churches. And we must be on guard, church. Because only the truth can set you free. 
I don't want some watered down gospel message, but I want the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. His death, His burial and resurrection and His ascension into heaven. That's what's taking me to heaven. Not man's philosophies or man's wisdom or, or man's traditions, but the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. Half truth is not truth. Fool's gold is not real gold. It looks like gold. It's shiny. It's sparkly. But it's just fool's gold. It's worth nothing at all. Paul was sold out on the message that he preached. He didn't receive his message from man. Neither did man teach him, but he received it by revelation. After finding himself flat on his face on the Damascus road. Don't settle for second best brother, especially when, when Jesus has offered you his best. Don't sell out on God now. It's not time to give up. That day is coming and it's right on the doorstep. you got to make your calling an election sure because Jesus is going to come back when you least expect him. Don't forfeit your boarding pass because somebody has sold you fool's gold or given you a dodgy gospel message. There's only one gospel. Solomon put it this way, buy the truth and sell it not. That's wisdom. Jesus said in John 14, I am the truth, not a part of it, but he was truth in all its fullness. We must be born again a second time of water and of spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. We must firstly repent, forsake those things that are sinful, and then we must, according to the word of God, we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and then we are ready to go to heaven, ready to be filled with His Spirit. Flesh and blood cannot and will not enter or inherit the kingdom of God. For it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. That's why we have today to make sure that our house is in order. I cannot get you into heaven. You can't get me into heaven. How wonderful pastor can't get you into heaven either. It's up to every one of us in this place. All of us will stand before the Lord Jesus on that day and the book will be open and everything that we've done in our life will be there. We will be without excuse. There is a narrative in Acts chapter 10, verse 6, about a man called Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman soldier. He was a devout man, a man who prayed to God always, a man that feared God and gave much substance to the people. This, this tells me that Cornelius was a believer. But was Cornelius saved? I would say no. Because even the devils believe and tremble. Are they saved? When the angel appeared to Cornelius in the vision, the angel gave Cornelius one instruction. Not many, but one. The angel told Cornelius to send men to Joppa to find a man called Peter. Why? Because Peter would tell him what he had to do to be saved. Once Peter had come to Caesarea, Peter explained to Cornelius and his entire household how to be saved. 
basically Peter began to preach the gospel unto them. And Peter didn't even get to finish his sermon on that day because God interrupted him. He filled all them in the house with the Holy Ghost. And how did they know that they were filled with the Holy Ghost? They spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And then they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. In Acts 16, verse 30, we find a similar request made to Paul and Silas by the Philippian jailer. Sirs! What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus and thy house shall be saved. That sounds easy. We just believe we're saved. But my Bible doesn't teach that. My Bible doesn't teach that. If we just took this scripture on our own, we could assume that that was the only thing required to be saved. However, when we read on, we find in verse 33 of Acts 16 that the Philippian jailer and his entire household were baptized. Baptism is necessary. Baptism is important. Baptism is a plan of the gospel. Baptism is a plan to get to heaven. And there is another account in Acts 2. This is straight after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Peter told the multitude that they were responsible for crucifying the Lord of glory. Peter left them without reply and without excuse. They plainly saw or understood that there was no hope for them. But in the mercy of him whom they had rejected and crucified. It was only then were they pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the arrest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And that is an excellent question to ask. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Cornelius was a Gentile. It was about 20 years after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Some people say it was just for the special people. That excludes me. Because I'm a Gentile. And I got filled with the Holy Ghost right there. And six people this morning, brothers, got filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. Why don't we just worship God for a moment? Hallelujah. We praise you, O God. We rejoice in your name, O God. Hallelujah. The gospel is still valid today. The Acts 2.38 message is still saving souls today. It's just as powerful in 2017 as it was on the day of Pentecost. It hasn't changed. The words are still written in the Bible. It hasn't faded, but it's still powerful. It's still powerful. It's still powerful because it's God's Word. His Word doesn't change. It is written. It is forever settled in heaven. can never be changed. I cannot find an expiry date on the message that we love and preach. But there will come a time when it will expire for good. Church, if it's not the whole gospel, it's not the gospel at all. 1 Corinthians 15, it reads, Moreover, brethren, Paul speaking, 
I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you received and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Paul went from being a man that persecuted all those who believed on Jesus to a man that proclaimed the importance of the name of Jesus and who Jesus really was. He suffered much and faced much opposition throughout his entire apostleship. Paul was a man that received a revelation from God and no man, no man could dispute that and some even challenged his apostleship. Hallelujah. But Paul didn't change it. Neither did he water down the message to suit others. And neither should we. Don't conform to what the world is doing. Keep the world out, but bring them in here and let God do the work through them and in them. Let God change them. But don't bring what the world is teaching into this church. Because this is God's church. There is only one gospel message. Hallelujah. Paul did not add his own thoughts, neither did he add his own preconceived ideas to the message that he received from Christ. But he told them straight that it was Christ who had died for their sins, not a second person, not a third person, but Jesus. That it was Jesus who was buried. It was Jesus who rose again on the third day. Paul told the Corinthian church to remember what he had taught them pertaining to the gospel of Christ, lest they had believed in vain. The apostles didn't compromise on the gospel message to suit others either. But they preached the whole gospel to every creature under heaven as they were instructed of by the Lord. There is only one gospel church. There is no other. Stand firm in the faith that you have received because if it's not the whole gospel of Christ, it is not the gospel at all. Half truth will not save you. But the whole gospel of Jesus Christ will save you. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. This was not a new thing for the Jewish people as this was one of the seven feasts that had been established by the Lord in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23. The Feast of Pentecost was observed annually, 50 days after the presentation of the first fruits. The Jews still keep it in commemoration of the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. The day itself wasn't new. But what happened on this particular day in the New Testament most definitely was. The prophet said that it would come to pass in the last days. Jesus told his disciples in John that it was to their advantage or needful that he went away for a season, speaking of his ascension after his resurrection from the dead. Because only then could he send the promise of the Father. And suddenly they came, just as Jesus had told them. A sound from heaven. 
a mighty roar never heard before. It was a sound that was different. Something happened in the upper room with the 120 people received the power and the gift and the promise of the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in a language that they did not understand because it was the power of God manifesting itself in their lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. The gospel is only complete once a believer has repented being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins and being refilled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The initial sign was that the seeker would, would speak in another language as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. It's not mumbo-jumbo, but it is the Spirit of God that comes into your mouth and take control of your tongue. And he begins to speak his language, not made up, language hallelujah hallelujah it's not the same gift of tongues that is mentioned in first corinthians 12 we must be baptized with the holy ghost before god can use us in the gift of tongues every time a believer received the gift of the holy ghost in the book of acts they spoke in tongues and then they glorified god because to god be the glory jesus himself said that these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, in the name of Jesus, they shall cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. Hallelujah. In conclusion, and everybody said hallelujah for that. Praise God. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Can I please have a musician, please? Some months ago now, my wife and I took her wedding ring to a jeweler to have one of the diamonds reset. As it had fallen out, and I hear that diamonds are a lady's best friend. They sparkle and look wonderful when the sunlight shines upon them. When the jeweler brought the ring out after he had reset the diamond, I wondered to myself if this was the same diamond that I had given him. Because if it wasn't a real diamond, it's not a diamond. I could give you some shiny fool's gold and say, this is gold, this is worth whatever the currency is today. It could be $450 an ounce. But I give you this fool's gold, you go to the, 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 the gold person, and he goes, oh, go away, that's nothing. Hallelujah. Praise God. It didn't matter how much the jeweler presented this or, or wrapped it in a nice little box after he had finished the repair, if it wasn't the real deal, it was just a fake. And I would be in serious trouble. The apostles did not preach any other gospel church, nor did they preach any other Jesus to anyone. But they preached the whole gospel in which they themselves we're also saved by. God is still saving His people through His gospel. We mustn't discard it. He still has the power to wash away your sins today. Paul left a very strong message for all of us to remember, including me, that if any man would preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. Paul knew only one gospel, and he knew only one Jesus Christ. If Paul 
would have preached any other gospel, he would have become a victim of his own pronounced curse. Church, there is only one gospel by which we are saved by today. Don't be deceived by the enemy's subtlety and those that bring their own preconceived ideas to your table. It was Jesus that died for us. It was Jesus that was buried in a borrowed tomb. It was Jesus that conquered the grave for you. Why? So we could have the everlasting gospel preached unto us. Then Peter said unto the people, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. James and John and Andrew and Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew and James, the son of Elpheus, Simon Zelotes, Judas, the brother of James and Matthias, were in total agreement with what Peter said to those that had asked the most important question of all. Men and brethren, brothers and sisters, what shall we do? The answer is still the same today. We must be born again of water and of spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. It's only through His death we must repent first. It's through His burial we must be buried with Him in baptism by full immersion in the name of Jesus Christ to have our sins washed away. It's by His resurrection and His, in his ascension back up into heaven can we, we be filled with His Spirit. Only then can we be, be partakers of the new life that He has promised to each one of us that is only found in His Gospel. This was the whole Gospel of Christ. If you leave Jesus out of the message, all you have is scribble on a page. Let Jesus put His name on your life today. Church, if it's not the whole Gospel, it's not the Gospel. There's only one gospel. Hallelujah. 